Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Vit Muller. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode on the Success Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Vit, and with me today, I've got an adventure travel YouTuber and BBC television host who helps people conquer their fees so they can travel the world. After receiving his Bachelor of Science in Canada, he backpacked the world to volunteer as a research assistant for scientists studying ocean conservation. Bringing a camera along for these trips allowed him to capture the material he needed to win several international travel video competitions, which kicked off a very successful career in travel filmmaking. So please welcome to the show, Mike Corey. Hey, Vit. Nice to be here, man. Hey, Mike. I'm excited to have you on the show today because, you know, fear, this podcast is sexist inspired and I think fear is something that is one of the main limiting factors, limiting people's full potential and ability to achieve that full success anyone may desire. So it's great to have you on the show. Let me start you with a question. When did you first realize that you're limited by your fear? <laughs> oh man well i guess i didn't really know what being scared really was uh until i had this traumatic event that this is the one i always talk about because it's the most transformative for me but like you grow up and yeah you're scared of you know the angry dog down the street or the, the monster under the bed or something when you're young and then you have your first adult fear you know like some crippling like social anxiety or something and that's very different than you know some some spooky sound in the closet right mm. and so i don't remember those but i'm sure they were there but the first one i remember <clears throat> was i was <laughs> brought up in front of the class in, in my in grade school in grade three my introduction to public speaking and there was a some weird thing where my, my hamster had died in the morning and i was really sad and i showed up to the classroom sad and the teacher didn't know like why I was sad. So she brought me up in front of the class to explain why I was sad to the class. It's just like, why, why are you doing this to children? Anyway, that was my introduction <laughs> to public speaking. Me trying to explain, well, first of all, it was, I was trying to explain in English. My hamsters. And she's like, no, en français, because I was taking my first year French immersion. So I, I, I was being corrected to change what I, my, my death explanation to my hamster from English to French. I'm an English speaking guy. It was, it was just a little disaster there. Anyway, and from there is I realized I'm scared in front of people. <laughs> uh, wasn't the best introduction. And then I took that forward forever, man, forever. That stuck in there like a festering little cut and uh, controlled my life for, for decades after that. And I guess I, I, my, my alias is fearless and far. Not because I am fearless, I'm far from it, but I just do really enjoy fighting them. And I've re realized over the years that fearlessness is a choice. It's not just a state of being. We don't like these, these squirrel suit base jumpers and these rock stars. We, we, we feel like we think they don't feel fear, but they all. And it's assuming is breathing. The reason why we're still here today and didn't get eaten by lines is because having like a, a jumpy fear uh, response saves your life. If you're like, ah, that click in the bushes is no big deal. You're dead, kid. You know, it's a saber-toothed tiger. So <laughs> our, our hyperactive, trigger-happy fear response kept this alive, right? And so I think as humans, we don't know how to manage that. It's a good thing sometimes, but also a bad thing uh, in a lot of our lives, too, that we never really learn how to disarm. Well, I guess you can't disarm it, but learn how to live with. So for me, 
I love speaking about fear because um, I've been able to change my relationship with it. And that anyway, the, the first time I remember being like bone shakingly horrified was being brought up in front of that class. And then it stuck with me for a long time after that. Well, yeah, that sounds like a pretty traumatizing experience, especially since you've been obviously mourning your, you know, your pet. And instead of your, your teacher being obviously reasonable and let you be <laughs> putting you in front of class and even <laughs> correcting you for like your, your, your mindset, your headspace was com- somewhere completely different. Right. So I can definitely imagine how this must have been traumatizing. I mean, I've never, you know, I, I've never myself, I've never really been a big fan of, you know, public speaking. I've, I've mentioned it many times on the podcast before my experiences, you know, in school and that similar thing, you know, when you have to, you know, talk in front of the class and, you know, in, you know, you're in 15 or you're 14 and, you know, obviously your classmates making fun of you as you do, as, as kids do. It's traumatizing. It's, it's, I never, I was never really a big fan of it. Well, dude, the funny thing is like, <clears throat> well, first of all, going back for a sec. Yeah. They don't teach you how to say, hello, everybody. My hamster died this morning in, in the first year of French class. <laughs> so didn't, ha- didn't have the vocabulary, but also, yeah, exactly with that communication stuff. And communication is the most important thing we can learn as people. Like mm. every day, no matter what you're doing, you're communicating with people. Your, your love life depends on it. Your professional life depends on it. Your family life, it's all on how well you can communicate. People judge you immediately on how well you can communicate. But how we're taught is like you throw a kid in front of the firing range and get him to do something, song and dance, while everyone sits there and judges them and gives them a mark. And you don't really get feedback. Everyone kind of snickers and you go sit down. Some kids who are like the class clown, they can thrive up there, but I think that's maybe like maybe there's 10% of kids who thrive, 30 or 40% who just kind of like, you know, can take it on the chin, but they're okay. And the, the bottom 50, where I definitely was, would just like dread it, man. Just like, oh my God, I'd rather get shot with a with a bullet was what it felt like opposed to go up in front of that class. And it was like that for a long time. And I know there's so many people like that too. We're never taught how to do it. We're just throwing up for the wolves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, what methods have you tried that worked when overcoming fear? Well, I, I, I can't really say that I <clears throat> made a choice. Uh, exactly. I, and even when I'm speaking about fear and, and helping people, well, trying to help people overcome it, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter if it's me or it's you or if it's Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss, like, you can, you can only show someone the door. And mm. they have to walk through, right? You can't make any choice for them. You can try to, ha- but no, they have to be in a, a point in their lives where they're willing to make a difficult, painful change. And that's our, our nature. We're, we're creatures of habit. We, we stay in these situations for long enough until it hurts and then we'll change. We won't change before it hurts too bad. If it hurts a little bit, we'll keep it. But if it starts to ruin our lives, then we'll make a change. So often it takes traumatic life events for someone to be like, screw it. I'm quitting or screw it. We're breaking up or, or whatever it is. And it's not so different for me. Originally for me, it was, I had like a car crash, a, uh, a breakup and a death of a grandparent all within a month. And it made me take my first big crazy trip. Cause I was like, bah. And then when I started making films, it's because I got flesh eating disease on my, and I was stuck on a, on a couch for like four months as they were like doing surgeries and giving me antibiotics. And they almost had to cut it off. And a buddy sent me a video and he's like, Hey, you should make a, a video for a, a travel a, a video competition. You know, if, if you win, you'll, travel the world. And I was like, dude, I don't do that stuff. Like, that's horrifying. I didn't say it was horrifying. I was like, no, I don't have time. Like, but he's like, you don't have time. You've been sitting on a couch for five months. What else are you going to do? And I was like, 
And so I did like 90 takes of saying my name and I couldn't say it right on camera. And I was trying to say where I was from, kept on mispronouncing my city. Like these are things that everyone says all the time. But whenever, you know, the camera's on and you got your nerves, it's not easy. This whole like be yourself thing hmm. is not said by anybody who's ever tried to sit in front of a camera and be yourself. It's, it's impossible, man. Oh, my God. But again, it was it was hitting these points where I I felt like I was at my the end of my wits and end of my line and just in a whole different situation. My foundation was was completely cracked. And if I have one natural ability, it's not to speak, it's not to do. It's just being resourceful and looking for the opportunities where there's a disaster. That's the only thing. I don't know where I got that from. Whenever life kicks me in the teeth with a steel toed boot, I I I say okay. How can we make this? How can how can we find the opportunity here? How can we make this work for us? That, that's how I've always thought, and I don't know where I got that from. But that's in <laughs> I don't know. I think it's one of the most important things in life. And you 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 can you can trick yourself. Like I don't know if I was born with that. If I cultivated it over the years. If I if I got it through traveling, may, maybe that was it too. Because you always have to be resourceful, and you can be stuck in like on a in a thunderstorm, the train didn't show up. You're in like Cambodia. It's 2 a.m. No one's around. You got and like you can cry and be angry, but what's that going to do? No, you got to fix the problem. Mm. How can we fix the problem? And that attitude is one of the most powerful attitudes to have in life. Especially with your lifestyle, you're traveling so much. Like you said, that's a, that's a very important skill set. I, I I agree. It's probably part part you know something that you naturally have. And also part something that you condition as a result of traveling. What were some of the craziest experiences that you had that this was very useful for you? I kind of specialize in crazy experiences and I kind of don't know where to start. So we can yeah, start with just last actually, week. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, we should like probably start <laughs> with that because I mean, I know what you do. I've been checking your YouTube videos and Erin and who recommended you told me everything about you. But yeah, I mean, I've said a little bit about in the intro, but let's do another little intro from your end, just just for the listeners, just so we really unpack it. So we put things in perspective here. Totally. So like I said, I kind of specialize in, in these these crazy experiences and I'll bounce forward, then I'll bounce back. Sorry, bounce back and bounce forward. So the reason why I do this, and I, it's not because I guess the last thing I want people to do is, is think I'm some kind of like jackass wannabe doing all this crazy stuff and like, yo, bros, let's go get effed up or whatever. I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. And and so we I don't want to be that guy. I, I meticulously plan a lot of my a lot of my adventures and I really want to challenge myself, but also safely in, in these environments where I can challenge I've done the research, I've done the training, and I can go there and I can push myself within my ability, right? I don't ever want to do things outside of my ability. That being said, I, I found a really awesome niche where I can go out there and do some crazy things like going to the exploding hammer festival in Mexico, burying myself in sand up to my neck in, in the Philippines for 24 hours. Just in the past month, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I went with the Hadzabe tribe in the last true group of hunter gatherers here in Africa. We went po poison arrow hunting for baboons in uh, the African bush. And they, uh, we didn't find any baboons in the end, spoiler alert. Well, we did find them, but we didn't catch any, but we found deer and mongoose and bats and they were catching and eating everything they found a, a killer beehive and those dudes climbed up stuck their arms in the killer beehive smoked it a bit and started eating honeycomb and so they threw some honeycomb down to me and i was like oh, awesome like fresh honey took a bite dude it wasn't honey it was just baby bee larva just a big like like oh, capsulated package of just little goopy bug bubbles and so i bit <laughs> it and it was just like like just 
like salty bubble wrap. Yikes. But but I I, I kind of like that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I didn't 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 like the taste. Wasn't super shocked. I mean, if you see the footage, you can tell I'm like, oh, this is not what I thought it was at all. But I I I love those 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 environments because I'm getting challenged. Like obviously, if it was poison, they wouldn't be eating it. You know what I mean? Like my definition of food is different than your definition of food. Like some people in the world think peanut butter is gross. I think like Vegemite or Marmite or whatever those Australians eat is gross. They think that eating bee larvae is delicious. <clears throat> not my cup of tea, but I know it's not poison. So it's just, it's just, it's all subjective, right? Who's to say what is gross? It's all just your taste. They did have honey and the honey was fantastic, but not, not on my first bite. And then the week before that, I was at with the Maasai which is a different kind of tribe here. The Maasai keep cattle. They're like, the, they wear the iconic like red shuka um, robes and they have the stick or the spear and they kind of wander the Serengeti and Ngoro and Goro highlands here, like lion territory and they graze their cattle. But they don't, they only eat their cattle and sheep. They don't eat anything in the wild. They're like the complete opposite. And because cattle is besides like a symbol of wealth and they, they use it to barter and exchange, they use it for a little bit of food, but because it's worth so much, the cattle, they don't want to kill them, but they still need food and they don't want to eat wild animals. So they drink the milk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they drink the blood. So oh, they have this special yeah. little arrow. They make an incision on the neck and they boop. And then they, the blood just <clears throat> pops out of the side and they drink it. And so we were here on our first day doing a Maasai trek, like in a really remote part of, of Tanzania where they don't see very many foreigners. And they offered us some blood at like 7.30 a.m., and, uh, you know, I, I sign up to do some really intense cultural experiences. I sign up to immerse myself, try everything once, you know. And so when someone puts a hole inside of a cow and says, drink up, you, you say, okay. And so there we go. Uh, and in all honesty, it was as bad as you think. I don't need to do it again. Sometimes you do just once, only ever once. But yeah, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, first of all, I didn't like, that's not something I enjoy doing. Like, I can't say I enjoy drinking blood ever. That's like the last thing I want to do right next to getting shot in the heart with a, with a <laughs> bullet. But like, it was, I really have a soft spot for these intimate cultural experiences where I get my sense of, of normal gets challenged in, in a safe way, you know, in a safe way. If you can eat a raw steak, you know, like what's, yeah, it's a little bit different, but it's not that different. Like we can handle that kind of stuff, our digestive system. At least that's what I tell myself when I'm put up to these, these sorts of things. <laughs> and yeah, I usually have to spend maybe a week in the bathroom after. But anyway, the, 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 the rewards you get is, you know, maybe you get a little bit sick after, but you like the, the bond you make with, with some of these people by, by doing these things is indescribable. Like they don't see you as some white inflated ball of cash anymore you know like that that's a lot of us come here and th th these tribes are treated you go and you, you show up for an hour you watch them the, the tribes jump around with a traditional dance it's kind of orchestrated you buy a necklace and you leave mm -hmm. i don't like that because it doesn't teach either party our us the the tourists or the locals that we're, we're humans you know like humans bond we we, we eat together we 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 walk together we talk together you know we try to sign language out some 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 things like there has to be communication and and that only the only way you can get there is with time <clears throat> most cases in this world especially if there's a language difference a cultural difference you're not going to be like hitting it off right away it takes a couple hours or a couple days to be able to get to this level but once you get there you realize a, a couple beautiful things that number one we're all so similar like yeah there's so many differences but Everybody in this world, we're all just these little 
pink meat bags that are just trying to our best to get by with this, the same kind of struggles, just maybe framed differently, <clears throat> the same needs, the same desires. And I really like spending time and, and building bonds with, with people because it reminds me that we're all connected. And that's why I do it. Not because I, I love the taste. <laughs> Actually, it's not, not great at all most, most times. But I, just, I, I really crave the experience. And also the, the, the lesson to be able to teach people that <clears throat> don't use the word gross and weird. That, that, it's, it's ignorance. It's, it's you using your, your lens that you were given by your culture to view something else. Our weird and gross is not their weird and gross. They think things about our life is weird and gross. Like you know, could be eating pork or something in the Muslim culture. That's gross, but bacon's delicious, but they think it's gross. So who's right and who's wrong? I just like asking that question because the second I get to dismantle people's ideas on, on, on something, that's where I thrive. And that also goes back to fear because people think they know fear or they just they choose to ignore fear. But if you start to really analyze it, look at it from both sides, well, actually, you know what? It kind of makes sense that I was scared of public speaking I used to shun it. I used to like hide it away like my little dark secret, like I was a fierce snowflake and, and no one knew this little thing about me. And I always tried to hide it. But of course, like everyone knows, everyone can tell. But once you realize like, okay, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense why. So if it makes sense why, and I'm not, I'm not weird, and like broken on the inside, let's work with it. Let's move forward. And I love that stuff, man. I could talk about it forever, as, <laughs> as you can tell right yeah. now. So as you've been talking, I've been obviously uh, very actively listening. And some takeaway points from this is the first thing is that you said you you don't just do things on the whim, you do research. So in a way, that's that's if you talk about a method of overcoming fear, at the end of the day, we have more fear if it's something that we don't know anything about, fear of the unknown, right? So if you, by researching, by preparing, you actually break, break, break up that unknown becomes less scary right so that's i guess that's one exactly one one thing i'm getting from here that's that's a good point there (laughs) and the other thing is being more open-minded so forgetting that we you know realizing that we have these lens we've been programmed we've been conditioned certain way and realize that that that's not what applies to other cultures so being open-minded again as another method to to overcome fee to realize that what we perceive as, like you said, disgusting or something like that, or, you know, it's just our own belief, but it's not global belief. So they, they are my two takeaway points. And also just to add some visuals for those of you guys listening, go on to, go on to Instagram right now. If you're, if you're listening, if you, if you, obviously if you're not, as long as you're not driving, you shouldn't do that if you're driving, but go to <laughs> uh, Instagram and check out Mike's, uh, Mike's Instagram. It's fearless and far all in one wood and he's got this he's got the um he's got the picture there i'm just looking at it now and it's it's the picture of the of the killer honeybees how they got the got all the all the stuff and he's just there and just looking at it and it just shows you the culture and it's like what are these dogs (laughs) these africans they dogs they dogs or dingoes yeah yeah they're hunting dogs yeah hunting dogs wow hunting dogs yeah and they all look very happy that they got there yeah you see the guys (laughs) oh they were so happy, man. There was, and actually, there's 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 a video of me eating it too that'll be posted on YouTube here very shortly. It was on Instagram stories, but you know that is poof gone in 24 hours. But yeah, dude, it was it was so cool. But yeah, my travel style is 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 stuff like that. I've somehow found myself in doing weird food. I guess I did, here's why I'm not all of a sudden doing so much weird food. I just like finding things that no one's done before. I mm. crave it, and it's really hard to find that in this world today with so many explorers out there <clears throat> making so many great films and movies and 
no one really likes to eat the weird stuff. So I, I just like to do things that are different. I, I don't care if it's food or not, but often food makes a couple of really good talking points. And when, if it's like raw bee larva or hot cow blood, you can usually put an interesting story around it. And I, I almost kind of feel like I trick people like, so the thumbnail is usually something like that, like something a bit crazy. Uh, but then you get in and there's like usually like some kind of cold open where it's like almost trying it. And then it goes into like, but wait, let's learn more. And so people, are, my idea is so people are like, oh my God, this happens. That, that, that's, that's kind of my, when I find these things, I want to find things that, that make me say, this, this, is a, this, is, this happens on planet earth? That's crazy. I, that can't happen here. And then I go film it and I want to teach people more around it because it as a thing, just like, again, like eating bee larva or drinking blood <laughs> is, is not, it's kind of like, but if you hear the people talk about it and you, you, you hear the story and you, and you learn why, and you meet the people and you see the smiling faces, and then there's some context, then I feel like you can learn to appreciate these things that might seem a little bit strange and weird in the beginning. And that's what I want to do. I want to take these things and make people go, what? And then show them the whole picture around it with that like crazy thing being almost like the, the center point, the climax. And that's my strategy. Trick people into learning things. <laughs> because not yeah. everyone's on YouTube to learn, right? Some people are on there to watch office bloopers and, and you know, whatever else. Watch video games. But I, I want to try to teach a little bit there too. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, <coughs> what you do, that's in it, as a as a as a as a side effect of what you do, you also end up with amazing thumbnails because you've got these, you know, stuff that like just really ranks up on YouTube. I would, I would assume. Yeah. Now, when we say about people who travel, typically we say, okay, if somebody's well traveled, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that can open up your, your mind a little bit more. So when you bring it back to your own world, you know, you're a, a bit more, I don't want to say mature, but, you know, people who travel, people who travel, they generally have just different outlook on life than people who've never left their hometown. What would you say if I ask you where, you know, the benefits of traveling and how, how much can that have an impact in someone's journey of success? Well, I'm I'm biased, of course, but for me, I don't think I, I don't think I knew who I was until I until I started traveling. No, I know I didn't know who I was. I didn't. All I knew was I didn't fit in. I had a great family growing up. My parents are wonderful. I've got two brothers and a sister. No complaints there. I just I never fit in, man. As a kid, like I, I wasn't the cool kid. I was always again the quiet kid in the back. Was interested in things like video games and and sword fencing. Not not to knock on sword fencing, but it's not exactly the most social sport. It's an it's it's a it's an independent sport, of course, right? Mm. And so I I I graduated university and just didn't feel like I was living my best life. I didn't know why. I didn't I just didn't feel it. And then I told you there was a bit of a catastrophe. Three three kind of things happened, and I and I was like thrown to the other side of the world. It's because I actually did, I did biology and, and zoology in, in, in university. So I loved animals. And I told you as a kid, I loved animals as well. I got thrown to the other side of the world. And then the thing that happened there that changed my life was this. While I didn't fit in in, in Canada, I was sure I wasn't going to fit in in Indonesia. Because at that time, I didn't even know where it was. I was going to the island of Sulawesi, like, well, an island off of Sulawesi. So people don't even really know where Sulawesi is. So this is like middle of remote. Indonesia and that's not Bali it's not you know Java or some of these more famous places 
And I thought for sure I wasn't going to fit in, but I didn't know what they ate, didn't know what they spoke, didn't know anything. But I got there and there was a handful of us from around the world, like <clears throat> some English girls, an Australian dude, a bunch of us who are volunteer researchers helping the, the, the scientists. Mm -hmm. And we're on this small, small, small island with no running water, no mirrors to shower. You had to kind of scoop out these, these, these concrete buckets in the ground, scoop out water, pick out the mosquito larva, dump the ice cold water on your head. My first time for all of this, living in grass huts with mosquito nets, bugs everywhere, small, again, small remote islands. So like windy and, and, and everything. We were diving three times a day, helping the researchers. And it was so funny. I remember it so vividly showing up, showing up on the first day, like desert Island and everyone's there with like their hair gelled and their nails done and their nice, like adventure clothes that their mommy bought them or whatever it was. Right. And uh, everyone's like trying to act cool because when, if you're shy, you try to act cool. I was probably trying to act cool too. And like, you know, just kind of chit chatting. There was like one guy like talking way too much. And I think that's kind of how a lot, a lot of times people bond for the first time. It's like, what's with that guy? Who's just like out oh, there, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's always one guy like that. <clears throat> anyway. And so then uh, fast forward three months later, we're there like covered in bug bites and scratches, hairs all messed up, covered in sand, smelly, clothes all stained. And the, the coolest people on that first day lost their status very quickly because when you can't keep, you know, your perfect physical appearance, you can't put on your mascara or gel your hair or whatever you're doing every single day and you can't keep your clothes clean and can't wear all that, that stuff, you realize that that sometimes there's not that much inside. When people spend too much time on the outside, there's not much, that much inside. And for me, mm. I always spent more time inside and, and didn't really know how to do the outside for the most of my life. And so when the outside was taken away, you saw these people who were maybe the quieter ones or maybe the ones who just didn't care. They could play guitar. They had some funny jokes. They had cool stories and they could entertain people because this, this like they weren't in the system that was built based on appearances and how we should act and, and, and you know, how the Western world is. And I realized that, Okay. And I, I felt like I fit in for the first time in my life, like dirty, again, mosquito bites, like in a situation that where most people would be very uncomfortable. I felt so comfortable there. And I realized like, damn, maybe I need to keep doing this because I felt myself grow and become a little bit of a brand new person that I didn't know was inside of me. And then from there, it was just years and years and years of uh, going back home, trying to save money and then spending it all backpacking, trying, trying to find myself, really find little bits of myself in all these faraway places. Mm. And I eventually like, I, I think because I talked a bit about world lens with this food stuff, the lens I was given wasn't the lens for me. That's why, that's why it didn't, didn't fit how people were telling me to think and feel. And again, not necessarily just culture, right? Watching TV and hearing people speak on the street. This all shapes how you how you feel. The, the products on the, on the shelf of the supermarket, right? By traveling, I was able to kind of like pick little fragments of glass from Indonesia, Honduras, Madagascar, and kind of frame it together to make my own. And here we are now, you know? And in all of that, I was able to conquer my, my deep-seated phobia of being in the spotlight. And it was by finding my place and gaining some confidence, practicing, you know, but mostly it was just being able to find my place and put my, put my lens together in, in my own way. So just to reiterate, from a, a phobia of public speaking, I now am a full-time travel adventure YouTuber, am a host on a BBC television show, and have just started hosting a podcast on the Wonder Network. So all I do is speak, dude. All I do is speak. And it was the last thing, the last thing I would ever want to do 15 years ago, 10 years ago. That's very impressive. That's very impressive. I like what you said that you 
pick up these pieces of glass from wherever you go and that creates your own lenses and you frame it because that's initially what i said the uh, before you know you create new perspectives on how you see the world right and, and that's what you have so now let's talk about your filmmaking and travel i'm i'm curious in that as a as a career as a lifestyle that you know that you know in a way it's would you would you, would you say a bit of a freedom lifestyle as well because you don't you know you're not constrained to you know typical type of you know job you know working at the desk you, you're traveling you're doing these things would you say it's not far off yeah well i i travel 11 months out of the year and here we are in late february 2021 a year after the covid crisis and i was home well i don't have a home i have my hometown so i was back in my hometown for two or three months well three months four months until anyway from march until july mm -hmm. i was back home in canada but i've been traveling basically ever since the eu opened to canadians early july 2020 i've got a polish girlfriend and again without this like i don't have much i don't have a car don't have a house i bounce around make movies and try to live a you know pretty simple life for the most part And so without this, I don't have like, I mean, my girlfriend's not Canadian and my work is abroad. So if I'm sitting in, in my hometown, I love it there. It's beautiful. And my family's great, but like, I don't, I don't got much there, you know? So for me, travel is life completely. And it, it hasn't, it hasn't always been the same thing. Like the travel filmmaking, I'm happy I did it. So basically <clears throat> travel filmmaking was like the easy way. So I didn't have to speak <laughs> that often because I still wasn't super comfortable with it. Because if you're, if you're behind the camera, you're not in front of the camera most of the time. <clears throat> right. But either way, like I did that for, so my, my, I started like the whole travel thing about 10 years ago by entering this competition, still super uncomfortable. But if you do again, 97 takes of a scene, <laughs> one of them is going to be good. And then you do 94 takes the second scene, use the best one. And then people are like, you're a natural. Oh my God, dude, it's not, it's not being natural. It's being persistent. And then like wiping away the tears when you can't say your name, right? <laughs> 47 times, but it's just, it literally, it's just per persistence and ten tenacity. And I think anybody would agree with me that that beats the hell out of natural talent any day of the week, right? Just deciding that you're going to do it no matter what, all, always wins in the end. And that, that's all I had. And I, I won those and then I was starting to get my feet wet, but I still wasn't good at the speaking stuff and still kind of embarrassed. And then there was opportunities to make films from the other side, make these kind of cinematic masterpieces for tours and boards and travel brands. And I did that for a couple of years. And honestly, the money was good. I was zipping around making these short films for like Skype or like the German National Tourism Board was a, was a big one that we did where it was 27 movies over three years for the 25th and anniversary of the reunification of Germany. So a handful of years ago. And it was, I saw like the entire country and we were making these beautiful little short films telling all these amazing stories. That was the big one. But after that, I was like, I wasn't, I had this message inside of me, this fear thing. I was slowly learning that I, I was unique in the sense that I could speak about this thing that could really help people. You know, no one talked, no one was talking about fear that, that much. And I was this living example. No, well, at that point, not even as much as now, but at least like by doing the thing that scared me most, I was able to take this like stuck guy and turn him into a traveler who was do making money off something that was seemed crazy at the time, only because I decided to do the thing that terrified me most. And I wanted to tell people that I felt like it was a, a secret that it was unfair that I wasn't sharing with the world. You know, I, I didn't want it to be something that I, you know, something I keep for myself and ha I, I, I beat the system, you know, like that's not what I want. I, but it felt like that. So I really wanted to share it. So 
I honestly, I, I, I decided to stop all my filmmaking contracts. I got a sleeve tattoo and I started doing all the weird stuff, basically, which is like, you know, eating the funny stuff, going to the crazy places, always doing the research, like I said, but, but changed everything. So I kind of reinvented myself again into, into what I am now. Yeah. So, so despite getting quite a bit of success as a travel filmmaker, going and working with these, these big brands, I, I, I had this message inside of me that I was not, not following my true life purpose, which was, again, this, this thing about fear and overcoming it. And so I decided like, I'm just going to throw, throw away my travel filmmaking gigs and focus just on this, this fighting fear, this fearless and far kind of idea. And there was an idea that I had before, which is like, I, I thought it'd be always kind of cool to get a sleeve tattoo. And I was like, oh, you know, like sleeve tattoo, it's going to look crazy and people are going to not work with you and all this kind of stuff. And I decided that my, like the, the moment, the, the, the decision, like ink on skin, let's say, that was going to be the defining moment of me changing my life. And so I, I found this guy, a talented guy in Mexico City where I was and I decided to book my sleeve tattoo appointment. And I was like, dude, you're throwing away all these, these opportunities to work with brands. You know, you work with some now that wouldn't, wouldn't appreciate that, wouldn't work with somebody, but your mission is bigger than this. So just, you know, just go for it. And so I remember being so scared getting my first tattoos done there. Like, you know, brands like BBC and, and are never going to work with you anymore. You're throwing it away. But I was like, no, I have my mission. I have my thing. <coughs> and don't worry about it. Way. lo and behold i get the freaking sleeve tattoo i was so scared to get and like four months later bbc messages me out of nowhere and says do you want to be a presenter on our new travel show <laughs> and so all these things i was worried about this like this big this big statement like okay i'm gonna do these giant leaps forward towards my career you know i, I see myself like this i see myself like this and doing these big bold movements being like okay well you're disregarding all this other stuff then my fear speaking right None of it worked out. Everything I was afraid that was going to happen by doing these big, bold moves, like you're going to go broke, you know, brands aren't going to work with you. None of that happened. None of it. Mm. It was all the opposite. The second I, I, I truly decided to express myself and, and, and move towards my dreams, everything opened up. Nothing closed, you know, or if something closed, I didn't even pay attention because I didn't know or care. You know what I mean? Mm. So that, that was a big lesson for me. Again, like if you just go into the things that terrify you with passion and fire and enthusiasm, life works out, man. Like, but you have to have that attitude, right? You have to have the attitude that everything's going to work out and you also have to work for it too. You know, you can't sit back and play league of legends and, 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 you know, everything's not going to be okay. You know, you, you have to, you have to work for it. And if you're working for it and you know, you're working as hard as you can, and you know, you have passion in your heart, and you know, you have a message. I don't think the universe can hold you back. I think it opens right up and uh, there's countless stories of, of it doing that. Right. So I don't know if it's like fate or if it's just the energy you're putting out in, in the world. I don't really believe in, in maybe, I don't know if I believe in energy and vibes, but there's something about someone who has like a presence, right? Like some, you, people can feel that. And it, it's almost like the world shifts around that person. And I don't know if it's just like the small, how, how your face smiles or how you look or whatever it is that influences how other people will work. And this is giant butterfly effect where everything's connected. And all it takes is like a couple extra smiles to start influencing the world in, in, in a way that you can't understand. Or maybe it's energy. I don't know, man. All I know is if you have the passion and fire and message and drive, the, it works out. And over and over and over 
And, but if you always focus on the negative, it doesn't, right? You, you, manifestation is a real thing. I don't know how it works, but God, does it work, right? Yeah, that, that's a bit of my story. And as soon as I started doing my own stuff and I was scared if I was going to be eating like the worms and the weird stuff that people wouldn't watch and people wouldn't care and I'd be throwing away brand deals. And yeah, there's totally brands that will not work with me. <laughs> <clears throat> when they see my content, but I don't give a shit, man, because I love what I do. And I have a, I have a bigger message. And again, it's not for everybody. I'll be the Guinea pig. You don't have to go do the same stuff I do, but I just wanted to take away some of the lessons, you know, like just think, think for two seconds longer than you normally would. Maybe don't make a snap judgment. Let me do the crazy stuff and just let's explore the world together and maybe change how we see the world as well. I talked about this lens that I built by traveling. You don't have to travel. People, you, you can rebuild your lens by watching podcasts like this, reading books, right? It's just having different pieces from different people all being put together. Travel is a fantastic way to do it, by the way. But you don't have to travel. You don't have to travel outside your country. You can still travel within your country and find yourself at that rainy bus station at 2 a.m. and somewhere else in the USA or in Australia or wherever you're from, right? So you don't, I guess I don't want travel to seem like this big thing that, that you have to go to the other side of the planet to change your life. No, you can do it by watching podcasts, reading books, traveling in your own country, in your own city, even, you know, finding the crappiest Airbnb and, and, just going there, you know, and meeting some random people in a random part of town, the lady who runs the bakery, like this is all stuff that, that helps you rebuild yourself in a different way. Absolutely. And I'm a massive proponent of all that. Yeah. I love it. There's so many, so many great takeaway points here. And I hope that you guys are listening right now that you've been taking some mental notes or even actually writing the notes because um, the stuff that you're saying, Mike, that's, that's gold, you know, and I can, I can hear it. I can, you know, see you here on camera and I can, you know, really, get the good feel good energy i'm getting a lot of good energy from you like really being authentic and i can i can tell how you're you know really loving your life right now and so that's you know that's it's very inspiring very inspiring because i mean there's so many people that don't that that haven't truly discovered themselves they live in this you know being stuck and have this limiting belief and and like i said it doesn't have to be travel but i think one one thing that it has to be it's you might have to change your environment just to reset things you know try new things hang out with different people for a while because if you're feeling like stuck and you're constantly doing the same thing then obviously in the environment in a way also sort of gives you the boundaries right which brings us to your awesome course that you have if one of our listeners today had opportunity to ask you how they can live more uh, fulfilling life, what would you tell them? Yeah, well, I made, so I've been talking about all this stuff about challenging yourself and fighting your fears. But I, last year in 2020, with all the free time we all had, I decided that, I mean, making the videos is good, but I wanted to make something a bit more concrete. So I made an online course called The War on Fear. And it's called the war on fear because I think for a lot of us, it really is a war because there's this little like demon in the back of your back of your head or on your shoulder, always like whispering nonsense into your ear. And you really have to decide that it's going to be you versus that feeling. And, and you have to wage a war on this feeling of fear that tries to stop you in your life. Eventually, you get to walk side by side. But in the beginning, it's very difficult to, to, to push into it. But the rewards are, are immense. And I mean, if you ask anybody, I mean, logically without using their heart and feelings. Like, do you think if you do that thing that you're really scared of, it'll be a good net good or a net bad for your life? And they'll be like, yeah, probably net good. Yeah, this course is all about helping people make that decision finally. So anyone who's feels stuck, anybody who doesn't feel like they fit in, like I told you I did, I took all of these lessons I learned from 10 years of, of traveling and, 
and fighting my own fears, doing the things that, that scared me most. I've took, take all, I've taken all my lessons, all my, my, my techniques, all these things and crammed them down into a, a 13 episode course called, called the war on fear. And if you like to check it out, you can uh, use the success inspired code. So we've launched that as well. If you're interested, you can send me a message. We'll chat about it and uh, you can use the code to get a discount on, on the course. But I made it because like I said, when I was doing my travel filmmaking, I didn't feel like I was giving back. I felt like I'd figured something out accidentally. And I really wanted to tell the world about the benefits of, of challenging these things that make you uncomfortable. And this is my, this is why I made the course uh, because it's all of the lessons put together across all, all the travel, all of the YouTube videos, all the posts smashed down into something much more digestible and also quite challenging. I guess I, yeah, I try to, I try to push it, push it a little bit on you. So I well, think you'll that's... enjoy it. But there has, there has to be some challenge there because the magic happens outside the comfort zone. You can't make a course and not make a challenging course about based on all the experiences that you've done, right? I mean, you've been pushing yourself outside of the comfort zone pretty much the whole time. You've been traveling based on what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, all these different crazy ex experiments that you do. It's very, uh, it's very interesting. Now, thank you so much for the, for the gift for the listener. This is something that me and Mike have, you know, put together for you guys. Like Mike mentioned, you just need to go onto the website, which I'll mention in the show notes. So the show notes are on the website, successinspiredpodcast.com. You just go in there and find this episode. And as you know, I put a lot of info in the show notes. So I'll put everything that we covered today and any, any good tips and stuff like that. And you'll find link to Mike's course. And like Mike Max said, use the promo code Success Inspired for a little, a little discount. Just you know, just want to always look after you guys and and you know provide you something something cool as mm. a, as a as a thank you for being listening on this podcast. Now back to you, Mike. We're we're all humans, right? No one is perfect. What are you not very good at? Now that I mean, <laughs> I know you covered at the beginning, you were not very good at with public speaking, but that's past it. We're way past that now. So why are you not good at these days? Well, I wouldn't say I'm past it. I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm very good at hiding it and also have practiced a lot. Practiced 10 times more than the average person again. So I can, I can switch it on and switch it off. I guess one thing that I, that I struggle with a little bit is, it's funny, like, because I travel so much and I, I'm in a new bed every three, four days. Sometimes it's like a cow skin hut or whether it be a fancy hotel room like this. It's like, I, I have a hard time switching between two worlds. I'm really good at switching in, into one, but I, I can't transition very good between two things. So for example, like adventure mode is very different than like work mode. And it takes two different kinds of people sitting here. I'm sure you're familiar, like editing emails, like it, it, it takes like an introverted kind of attitude where you hunker in you get room service or you're, you know, eating potato chips or whatever you're doing. And it's just kind of like you're in your own little like troll cave. And then when you're out filming these movies, like interacting with tribes, uh, when you can't speak the language, you got to be like Mr. Animated. And like, that's not me, but I mean, I've, I, maybe it is me. It's, it's become me, but I always have a hard time switching between the two. And especially like life on the road, you don't have much stuff to bring with you. And so like for me, I have to, I have to bring like a yoga mat and a foam roller. And I've got like my little tea canister because I, I'm a creature of routine. Like I, I really like being able to have all my ducks in line so I can wake up in the morning and I can, you know, do, do my workout, do the, do like drink my tea, read, uh, write my journal, but I, I can't do that half the time. And sometimes it takes me four or five days sometimes to kind of get back into the other groove. So we got back from the tribes here like a little while ago, like a week and a half ago or something, two weeks ago. 
and we I'm still having a hard time like getting back into the into the the grind of sorry into routine. I don't think humans are good at always switching the routine. I I like it because I get to reinvent myself every single time. I think that's kind of why I liked traveling in the beginning is because every new trip, like a new environment, especially like you said, the word environment, that that's the most important thing. Not necessarily traveling, but a new environment. You get to reprogram your bad habits. All of your habits get changed because often like our minds just put all the pathways together and we can run on autopilot right through our house or wherever. But when those get rewired, then we can stick in new new habits. But then you change again, and you always have to, to to plug them in. I guess long story short, I have a hard time sticking with some of my my better habits. Like I'd love to work out every single day, but I I don't know, man. When I'm going from a tribe to a hotel room back and forth, I, I, I have a hard time always sticking to it. I have some cheats, like again having these things that travel with me, like my tea and my yoga mat. But I wish I could be a little bit more disciplined when it comes to some of this like extra stuff. You know, I get my work done. I get my my films made. But when it comes to like, you know, I want to journal every single day. I want to meditate every single day for 20 minutes. Man, I've been trying to do that for freaking eight years now. <laughs> been like, I think I've joined the, the ranks of of uh, half half the men on this planet, maybe who are or half the people on this planet who are like, yeah, I, I meditate. I think about I think about meditating way more than I actually do it. <laughs> I talk about it more than I actually do it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, some, we're, just, we're just human. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that we are. Yeah, that we are for sure. You know, with meditation, there are some really easy strategies. I'm not a big big on meditation. I know it's very very. It's not. I'm not against it, but I'm not the type of guy who does it. But I I find my own way how I can get around it. Right. For me, it's mindful eating because I love food. And I found out once that this thing, mindful eating, is actually a form of meditation. The moment I heard it or read it somewhere, I'm like, yes, I found my way to meditate. <laughs> so basically, you know, if you eat slowly, you switch off your computer and nothing, non-distraction, and just take your time to enjoy the food that you eat, fully fully observe the experience, what you, what you want to taste, the, the, the flavors, and just be in an environment that is you know, not hectic, like maybe for people working in the city, go in the park and eat your food in the park. That is apparently a form of meditation because you're basically not being distracted and and it's that simplicity of the task that you're just focusing on eating. So there you go. That might be a bit of a way to, to get into it. That's really interesting, actually, because I'm I'm the kind of guy that, I mean, I used to be quite big, not big, big, but like quite big. That'll just eat, eat. Not, not really think about it. Like I usually kind of eat pretty healthy, but I'll eat a lot and um, not really think too much about it. You know what I mean? And if I do that for too long, like, you know, quarantine, March, April, May, June, you know, you put on a few pounds quite easily because I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat until the plate's empty. That's kind of like what you're taught. You know what I mean? Not, not to take your time and chew and think. And I'll definitely do that because I'm guilty of not mindful eating all of the time. I've never even thought about that before. So yeah. that's now on the list, man. Absolutely. Because the other thing with that is you know, probably not for you, but you know, for, for us regular folks living in a city, we live stressful lifestyle, right? You, you're just being stuck kind of thing. And it can be very stressful. I mean, I guess you probably have your own stress in, in your own way too, traveling and all that, right? But so it's stress, right? And so if you constantly be in that fight or flight mode, and then when you go for lunch and you just quickly gobble it while you're staring at a quick YouTube video, then you don't really you don't really go into the homeostasis, which is the opposite of fight or flight, where your body can actually finally switch on metabolism and digestion and focus and 
rejuvenate and recover and your brain can you know have a chance to i like to use the example of your computer like when you're trying to clean your computer you would i don't know if the new computers still do that but the old computers you would put a defragmentation of your disk and put it on overnight and the computer would sort of clear up his hard drive where you know how the how the ones and zeros are saved and and clean it up and and that's what our brain needs too we need to relax to give our brain a chance to relax so that we're not constantly in a thinking mode and constantly stress and fight or flight mode so by eating and focusing what you eat and you know it's not just just focusing what you eat but you know really take time like eat slowly don't gobble it because it actually takes about 20 minutes before your body, body releases particular hormone that gives you a, a signal that your your stomach is now full which is actually another great tip for people who are trying to lose weight eat slower and you'll be amazed how much less how much less food you'd be you'd be eating mm. so anyway well, i was going to segue from this into something this wasn't it's in a, a on its own as a little tip there for for you guys listening but i was going to segue into let me see i can't remember anyway that's fine too right this can happen (laughs) all right mike (laughs) on the ending note because we are closer to an hour i like to keep the episodes to an hour what would be top three things for the listeners of this podcast to walk away with after listening today? The, the things that I always want people to know is because this feeling of fear we, we, we encounter all the time. It doesn't have to be, you know, <laughs> eating bee larva in, in Tanzania. It, it happens every day. Fear is something that's part of our everyday life. Yeah. And we always reject that feeling. We always throw it away. We always like, cower back and, 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 and run from it. What if you did the opposite? So if you encounter something that's, that scares you, and I mean like, you know, walking in front of traffic is pretty freaking scary. So don't do that. I mean, use, you can, you can use your brain here. Dangerous and, and, and scary are two different things. People can figure out the difference. I'm, I'm quite sure. But if it's, if it's like asking for a promotion or if it's asking a girl on a date, or if it's, you know, like speaking up at your friend's wedding or something like and, and you feel that feeling arise up in your chest and your heart skips a couple of beats. Don't, don't be afraid of being afraid. That, that's, that's one of the, the things that I was guilty of in the beginning. I would, I would get afraid of the feeling of being afraid and then it was magnify it beyond belief. And it wasn't until I tricked myself into almost this kind of like masochistic way of when I, when I felt that, that feeling, I'd go, yes. And I didn't feel yes. I, that was me faking it. But I, I, in my head, I'd be like, yeah, good. Like, that's what I had to do to myself to brainwash me into not being afraid of being afraid. The complete opposite. And again, it makes no sense. Of course, like, you don't feel that way. But if you say that, you start to dismantle the circuitry that's been wired in your head since you were born. You know what I mean? That's part of being a human. Learning to, to like that feeling. It doesn't feel good, but saying the words at least that that to pretend you like it really starts to change how you perceive this feeling and there once you're not afraid of being afraid anymore you can start to dance with it you can start to dance with that little fragment of chaos in your body that you can't feel like you can control you learn that you can control it it's like fire you know uncontrolled can burn down your whole house but controlled can do beautiful wonderful things that only fire can do fear is exactly the same way and it's the people out there you see doing the most incredible things on this planet have learned to contain and and capture that fire and not let it burn down their house. And maybe you need to think whether or not it's burning down your house a little bit and 
what you can do to, to change that. I love it. I love it. Great piece of advice, mm -hmm. Mike. Great piece of advice. Let me think. We've covered so that much. That was one. <laughs> oh, that was right. one. I'll, I'll do two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, also you're right. you brought up was... the information and that that's such an important one. We talked about it in the very beginning of the podcast. Yeah. So like, that's exactly right. You, you, if you have the information, if you do the research, if you learn about the risks, for example, you realize that fear starts to melt away. And a lot of fear is just a lack of understanding about the situation. The example I, I love to give is like, let's say you have someone who's afraid of snakes, right? If you could make it, if there was a multiple choice and you could guess how was that child raised? Was it A, they grew up in a house with a pet snake that everyone loved and they used to watch movies together or that someone threw a snake at them when they were three years old, you know, you know what, you know, which one was the one with the snake phobia it was that had the snake thrown at them, not with the lovely house pet. So that, that it's just a different exposure, a different amount of information, right? If you grew up with a snake, you know that it's fine, right? But if you had one thrown at you, then yeah, you, of course you have a phobia and that's fine. Like that, that makes sense in, in that circumstance. But if you take time to learn and experience and, and dip your toe in, slowly it's amazing what you can find out countries are exactly the same a lot of these countries i've traveled to turkmenistan bangladesh i was in yemen actually i was right before the pandemic i was in socotra which is off of somalia not as dangerous as either yemen or socotra us or somalia but still an interesting spot but a lot of these places when you do your information do your research and you get the proper information and you get good contacts as well people who know much more than anybody does in your friends and family or online because they live there you can see some of these amazing places and you learn a lot about them that and you also learn a lot about you that you hear online is not true or in the media is not true as well and so all of these things it all goes down to properly getting information cautiously not recklessly, cautiously gathering information and then making 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 a leap. Especially with these countries, I always love to compare it to like this as well. So, like, if there's a something terrible happened in Florida, are you still going to go to California? Yeah, of course. They're so far apart, but we don't think about that the same way in the world. If there's something terrible happens in one corner of Indonesia, people write off the whole country for a decade, right? But again, it's this this dual this duality, this like you know double standard almost, right? So all of these things for sure. But information is, is a really key, key thing. If you're scared of public speaking, go take a, a freaking course. <laughs> you know, if you're scared of picking up a girl, go like read the, what's that a mystery method? What's that book called? It talks about like, you know, just understanding more about it and don't be ashamed to learn more about it either. Like the thing is, that's the first step of becoming an expert at something is sucking. And honestly, I think that sucking at something, I sucked at a lot of stuff in my life, man. Sucking at something was the greatest thing for me because it made me work extra hard to be good at it. It made me, it made me go like being introverted and sucking at things made me go above and beyond to learn from the best resources to get good. And then lo and behold, you get better than the people who had natural ability at it because mm -hmm. you, you, you knew you needed to get good at it. You found the resources and you actually studied. And so you can go higher, much beyond the people who are good a natural, right? Because you, you, you found your weakness and you pushed into it. You got the knowledge. It's a magical Absolutely. thing. Especially, especially if they've taken it for granted and not conditioning it to, to, to further, further the, the level of the skill, skill set. All right, so we got two. So point one, not being afraid of being afraid because change, sorry, because the amazing stuff that happens, the change happens outside the comfort zone. Nothing ever happens in the comfort zone. So be not not be afraid be afraid because 
And like you said, I, I was going to add to that. Like you said, just sort of learn to, to be good with that feeling. I was going to say also, imagine or always think about the, the good that happens by, by going against it rather than trying to run it away because you know that, like I said, amazing things happen when you do that. And number two, educate yourself so that things are less unknown. And when things are less unknown, they're less scary. What would you say number three would be? Don't use the words gross and weird because <laughs> it just means that you don't really understand. It's just ignorance. Well, it depends on what it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if it's if it's if it's poop if it's poop on the bla- on the bathroom floor, you can probably say it's gross. <laughs> yeah. So that was. But uh, for a lot of things in life, yeah, these snap judgments about cultures or foods or it's 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 ignorance and it's 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 not an open view of the world to snap and say, oh, that's gross, that's weird. Most of the time, if you catch yourself using those words. I consider them swear words. Just ask yourself if it's appropriate or not. And whether maybe just you don't have as open mind as you think. Yeah, yeah. be open mind and realize that uh, other people wear other lenses. Another great tip here just to on that topic with being open-minded is also, you know, listen more and talk less. A lot of times we, we, you know, some of us talk a little bit too much and don't give others the opportunity and you can actually learn so much more by just listening giving people the space to talk. Actually, totally. And in, in that book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, he talks about how if you, people like talking about themselves and if you let people talk about themselves and you just silently maybe ask a couple questions, they'll leave the meeting or the interview feeling really good about you, even though you didn't do anything. And as, you're right, listening more than talking can, can, can win you a lot of things in this world, for sure. Absolutely. Mike, we, we've done amazing work today. I think, I think we've left our listeners. I hope that we, we've left our listeners with, well, no, I don't hope. I know it. We, we've left them with so many great value bombs. And I hope that you guys listening, if you're still listening, you should be still listening because, you know, all the good stuff happens at the end. <laughs> I hope that you've been taking notes because this, <laughs> this has been one, one, amazing, one amazing interview. And like I said at the beginning, I was really looking forward to it and for a good reason. So, Mike, I appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule between, you know, your traveling, recording and editing and everything that you do. I know what it's like, the behind the scenes. I know, I know very much what it's like. So thank you for taking time to share all the, all the experiences and providing more value to the listeners of this podcast. Thank you guys for listening to today's show as well. Make sure to subscribe and follow so that you can get up to date with new releases. And to get in touch with Mike, Mike, did you want to add a plug for any way, best way to connect with you? If somebody wants to reach out to you, is there any, do you do that or do you prefer not to? Yeah. Busy? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, fearless and far. Actually, you're speaking about uh, behind the scenes. My, this is a good spot, time to end because my, my podcast sidelight just died anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, fearless and far is where I'm at. Normal spelling altogether. My name is Mike Corey. Just launched a podcast as well called Against the Odds. But if you want to reach out to me, Fearless and Far is where I'm at. And my course, War and Fear as well. Amazing. All right. With that, thank you everybody for listening. Stay inspired. Pursue your dreams. And until next time, uh, until next time, be great.